Everyday Dadding, your favourite dadding podcast. Uh, it's lovely to have you back. My name's Robin and this is my co-host. I'm Ben, I'm over here. And it's great uh, this season, we're on season two and uh, I think it's fair to say there is less Ben and Robin than on season one and our listening figures have skyrocketed. So I don't know what we take from that, Ben, what do you think? Um, I don't think we want to investigate that too far. It's just, that's just going to hurt. Um, yeah, that, that will help our humility. But, um, but but there we go. But the reason the figures have skyrocketed is because we are not on our own and we've been joined by very special guests. And this week is no exception. Um, it's great to welcome Dave Fenton. Dave, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, mate. I'm absolutely prospering and loving to be with two such fine gentlemen. <laughs> Lockdown has obviously hit you hard then. If, if this is good company but yeah my mind is slightly askew yeah yeah forgive me for that yeah but I'm working on it um so Dave are you a fan of dad jokes not a fan of dad jokes but there's loads of things in my family history that they remind me of on a regular basis um just just to make me look silly um and I think the favorite one was in Cornwall I came back from the beach took off my wetsuit pulled up my trunks to look like a sumo wrestler and I really thought this was great you know and flew into the tent. My feet went completely out from under me and I literally flew through the air, landed in the bedding compartment, damaged my back, was in great pain. I looked out through the bedding curtain and all I could see was my lovely family, my three sons, laughing themselves stupid at my expense. And and I've never really forgiven them for it, to be honest. Um, But uh, it was just so painful. I was going, oh, my back hurts. In the end, one of them was chewing on a tin of baked beans to stop them laughing too much. Uh, it was just awful. Um, but that's my family. They they keep me young and they keep me humble. So there we go. And this was just last week, wasn't it? <laughs> Only last week. Yes, yes. I do remember it well. My back is still sore. No, it was some years ago, I'm afraid. But uh, there we go. I could tell you oodles of stories like that about my family taking the mick out of me. You don't need the silly puns because you're you're just there in the flesh. It's, Ab- absolutely, you know, mate. I am the embodiment of humour in the <laughs> lives of my family. They just love to chuckle at me. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's great to have you with us. Um, Thank you. Uh, and so today we're uh, we've got you on because of your um, wisdom and your age. Let's be honest, um, yep. because we're chatting about everyday granddadding. Mm-hmm. Um, today, so so just give us a little bit of background as much um, yep. into your family. Yep. Well, I'm Dave. I'm married to Heather. We've been married 53 years. Um, 54 years coming up this year. You can clap if you like, but send money. It's much better. Um, and uh, I have three sons, uh, which we're very who we're very proud of. They all married a wife, and uh, they're a delight. And uh, we have seven grandchildren in the families running downwards. Three, two, and two in the families. Five, five boys, two girls. Uh, it, for, at a point, we had three sons and five grandsons. And then exactly, almost exactly 10 years ago, two little girls arrived on the scene. And they are known as the terrible twins. They're not. They're one from each family. But uh, they are a joy. Great. Um, tell us, what, what is the best thing about being a granddad, Dave? Oh, Robin, there's loads of things you could say about that. One is the obvious one that they come and stay with you and then they go home. <laughs> um, but that's that's naughty. I, I shouldn't have said that. But no, the joy, it's just a joy, is it? I mean, I get to play again. I get to um, 
I, I get to sort of get to know these little children as they grow up and have chance to share with them. But one of my grandchildren once, uh, I walked, I walked in and um, he, he just said to me, "Grandpa, where's Canaan?" And I, I said, "Why, Ben? Why do you need to know about Canaan?" He said, "Well, I've read it in my Bible, and I've looked at it on the computer, and Canaan is not a listed country in the world." So where's Canaan? Which led to about an hour with the children's Bible, doing the Exodus, the conquest, and goodness knows what else, um, just to be sure. So little moments like that where you get time to spend with them, time sometimes when you put them to bed to pray with them, uh, times to um, see them grow and develop. You know, we have one now that's just finishing a degree. Um, and it doesn't seem to me any length of time uh, that he was a little baby. And to see him grow and develop and see the others develop and grow, you know, the little girls who, who were once little babies are now young madams, you know, they really are. They're very sort of, you know, uh, they know how to use the eyes to get things out of grandpa. <laughs> um, and that kind of relationship and seeing them grow, and, and I must put the other bit in, I guess, and that is the to see them grow spiritually, to see them, for example, the eldest one, doing a degree in Exeter and is now serving as a youth leader at the church that I once served as a youth leader. Uh, and that's just so exciting, so brilliant to see, you know, and to see them talk about the Lord and ask you very pointed questions about what the Bible says, or, you know, it's just a, a combination of so many things and to, and just to play with them, let's be honest, just to, to have fun, which is what we enjoy so much as a couple here. So just just to back up a little bit, what what are your hopes and prayers for your kids? You know, now that they're grown up, you know that there's uh, you've kind of you, you've nurtured them and you've you've let them fly, um, but you're still a dad, you know, and, yeah. and they're still your kids. So what are you, what are your hopes and prayers for them? I think very much again the the, the holistic thing. You you long for them to grow spiritually. You long for, for our sons to be men of God, serving God uh, in Christian marriages. And I'm, I can't tell you how profoundly grateful I am that that's true for our three. No, they've not always been strong. They've wavered and whatever, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to live Christian lives. So my hope is that they will grow more and more to be men of God, serving God in their professions. And, and to tie in with that, that they will not be successful in their profession, but fruitful. Long for them to do things which will make a difference in the lives of other people. You know, I've got a minister, a teacher, and a teacher. There's three boys, and my daughter's-in-law, uh, one's not very well, so she's not teaching anymore, um, but she was a teacher. The other one's a teacher, and the other one's a lawyer. And, and you kind of long for them to be a Christian influence in the professions that they've chosen, but also to be... Um, not, not successful, but fruitful and useful, um, and for them to grow in their maturity, both spiritually and, and socially, um, just to see them grow up and go on. Um, so I guess that's how I would say what I, my aspirations would be for our kids, which is what we pray for as a couple here, you know, that they will do that. Yeah, yeah. So is that very much your, your role now with your kids in terms of support, supporting them as best you can? To, to help them to do that i guess that's your well after i've spoken to you um on this phone tonight came a message from one of my sons i won't because you know them ben so i'm not going to tell you which one uh who went for a job today and wasn't successful 
Oh, that's a phone call tonight. Mm. Because... You, you know other people are going to hear this, right, Dave? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I don't mind. He won't mind that either. Because um, uh, you can't identify which one it is. Uh, but it's it's just, um, yeah, to, to be there when they ask you. Um, to go and dig their garden if they want it digging. Um, to be there for them. To support them through what have been for all of them particularly in recent days, really tricky times. I mean, the, particularly the teachers. The teachers have, all of them, of our kids, suffered. And I put the boys and the girls in that, really gone through hard. And the one who's in ministry, you know, has had a hard time in his church. It's been tough. Um, and, and to just be there for them, to support, to pray for them, to to back them in any way we can, to phone them and say, how are you doing, mate, you know? Um, yeah, that, I think that's the role for a granddad to his children who are probably under more professional pressure than I ever was, to be honest. And, and to be there for them as best we can is as much that Heather and I both see is, uh, you know, very important. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. And, and so for, for your, <clears throat> in your relationship with your grandkids, you've touched on this a bit already. I guess, how, how do you how do you see your role in, in, in helping them uh, grow in all those areas? And, and presumably it's a, it's a very similar thing, but just one generation removed. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's again, I, I guess, Ben, it's about, it's about dialogue, isn't it? it? It's about when you go around there to the house, you, you sit down with one of them and say, you know, how's it going? One of our daughters, one of our granddaughters is into ballet. How's the ballet going? How have you been doing that lately? What have you been learning at school? Has it been exciting? We heard that one of them was doing history. Now, I have a wife who's deeply into history, as you may remember, Ben. So she gets out her Roman coins and takes them around to um, one of the children and says, look, there's a real Roman coin. Look at it. There it is. You know, um, and, and to provide resource sounds a, a crude word, but it's, it is really that. Anything we can do to feed in, to help that family grow closer and deeper. Um, and that means giving time. So we walked on Christmas Day. We were together. We were walking along Calshot Seafront. Fiendishly cold. It was horrible in terms of weather. But just a lovely thing to just... One of my, one of my grandchildren just started talking to me about um, creation. You know, and you say, oh, okay, fine. You know, if you're there, you have opportunity. You, you have chance for conversation, spiritually, socially. Uh, one of my grandchildren is deeply into military history, which is what I am. I love reading books about military history. So it's not uncommon for me to have a conversation about the Battle of Midway or something like it, you know, um, because that then builds. And, and the, the thing he wants me to do with him next time he comes to stay when he can is go and visit the tank museum. And you just think, okay. There we go. Um, we'll do it. It's uh, is that enough examples to? Mm. Absolutely. I think. I guess my question from that is, you know, uh, you've you talked about the, um, the 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 joys of being a granddad. You've talked about the the moments where you can be there when your kids are struggling. Um, what about the times when? I, I guess there might be tensions between generations as well in terms of you know you watch um maybe watch your children 
mm. maybe making different parenting choices. <laughs> yes, um, that's a big one. It's a big one. How do you handle that? And and I guess what advice would you give to dads, perhaps Christian dads out there who are who are maybe struggling with, um, who are loving their their parents, but maybe struggling with their the involvement of their of their granddads in in, in their lives. I think I'd say to granddads, make sure you keep yourself in a position to be asked. Okay, so that when an issue comes up in the in their family. They're not afraid to say to you, what do you think we should do with this? If, if you become a pontificating rule um, deliverer and say, well, in my day, we always did it like this. Well, I'm sorry, it's not the same day that Heather and I brought our boys up in the 70s when they were little. It's not the same thing. So, so don't get you know pontiff-like and lay down rules. Be available let them know what your beliefs are and your principles are and why you did the things that you did. And I have discussed that with all of my kids, you know, why we did things like you'll be in at 1030 and you know, all the rest of the things that you did with your children. Um, you, you make sure you say those things with, with a clear principle behind them. Uh, and that you keep saying, we did that because we love you. And we keep, we kept saying that to them. The reason we, we did impose some rules and constraints on you was because we love you and and then once that situation becomes grandfather uh, to to son who is now a father keeping yourself in a position where that son can come to you and say often on a golf course strangely enough um what do you think about this you know have you any thoughts you know it's not been easy with him at the moment he might say to me and it opens up a conversation so I, I think whatever else you do as a grandfather, you have to be one who is has a channel open for conversation to take place. Um, and and if if you block that off by overemphasis on your views, you're not doing them any favors, and you're certainly not doing yourself any favors because they won't want to come near you. Mm. So almost almost similarly with them. Being a dad, sometimes we need to let our kids make those mistakes. Sure, sure. Be, be there mm. to pick up the pieces and, mm. um, but, but enable the relationship to such that they can come to you to pick up. The, yeah, pick up the and I find Robin that they they know what I would do. They don't have to ask. Hmm. So if they're dealing with a discipline situation, we don't have great conflict with any of our kids. Um, of, of a Dis, a, a disparate difference between our discipline and their discipline. We we don't face that, but there are differences and there are frustrations. And and you know they know what we would do. I don't have to say it because they're they're quite clear about what I would do and say. Um, and and but if they ask, I will I will give an opinion. And I will always say, but you know they're your kids, they're not ours. Um, but bless you, we'll pray for you. Keep saying that to them as well. We pray for you. We pray for your kids. Um, I remember is it Andrew Bourne once said to me, he said, um, the only reason my girls are still following Jesus is because their grandfather prays for them every day. Mm. Um, and um, uh, I think that's so true. You know, Heather and I have a, a deep God-given responsibility to be those that pray um, and support and love our grandchildren um, and long, 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 long to see them faithful soldiers and servants of Christ until the days 
of their life come to an end. Mm. We won't be there for that, of course, but you know, uh, that's what we long for. Mm. Would you, do you have any advice for folk who, um, who are dads, but, but perhaps um, they're the first generation Christians. So, perhaps, so their, their parents maybe aren't Christians, not believers, mm. and mm. How, you, how you might kind of, um, you know, as dads, how might they keep honoring their parents, mm. as we're told to do, yeah in that kind of scenario any wisdom there well i mean true they've got to they, they have to the commandments clear only your parents don't say whether they're believers or not they've, they've got to be honored um and that can be tension and and tense and, and difficult in certain circumstances but if you're a first generation christian dad i would say to you the one thing you need is a more senior christian maybe within your church community who can act as a mentor to you who can act as a, a sounding board and give you counsel and advice as to what it means to be a Christian dad. Uh, I wish to goodness churches would run grandparenting courses for Christian dads. Uh, and when we pick up the kind of people you just you just talked about then, and, and that they would give, be given. I mean, you're supposed to make this up as you go along. You know, you're supposed to, you know, you, you just divinely, sometimes you get, woo, you get this wonderful feeling and everything's going to be great. They need advice. They, they need help. They need to deal with scenarios and say well this is what you do there um so i would say go and get someone uh, obviously a, a, a dad in his 70s say who's been through it all or maybe younger you know whose kids have gone off to university um sit down with them as a, on a regular basis in regular basis and, and pray together talk together uh and have that christian input that you haven't had not through no fault of anybody's but you need someone who can help you in the sense that you know for the church to be the church to be the family of god we should be encouraging spiritual grandfathering totally absolutely robin i mean that's uh, to me that's a given and it's it's something we're i think reluctant to do because we've so generationalized the church uh and this is something i'm writing on at the moment i shall get it out at some point i, I think the, the fact that we divided the church like this you know there's the kids there's the teens there's the young ones there's and so on all the way up through and we haven't worked that way and we haven't seen the potential and one of the greatest impacts i've ever seen in my church at the moment was a 95 year old widower who went to visit a hospital in africa who he'd supported and prayed for through the long years of his wife's illness and once she died we said to him eric you're going to africa mate and we packed him off on a plane and he came back as a granddad and stood in front of Pathfinders and you could have heard a pin drop as this man with his great love for the Lord and his great passion for mission work in Africa told the stories of, of his relationship with that hospital. Amazing. Now, I long to see um, connections. I'm still teaching youth groups. I ought not to be because I'm far, far too ancient. But I, I, the times I turn up and I go to see our kids at, at church, I absolutely love it. And they say I'm not irrelevant yet. And my, all my sons have told me that when I become irrelevant, they'll tell me to shut up. Um, but that's, I think, something we could see crossing the generations, which will be so incredibly healthy. So we, we ignore the wisdom we ignore the wisdom of the age at our, at our peril, don't we? And, and totally well again you would know perfectly you two guys have, that's a very biblical concept you know sit on your father's knee and hear the wisdom mm -hmm. um of, of previous generations and uh, 
I think that's that's right. You know. And as we as we wrap things up, Dave, you got you know, what one kind of golden pro tip to give dads out there. Um, who was sat there with their kids going, what do I do? How do I do this? How do I bring my kids up to know and love the Lord Jesus? Give it, give us some gold to, to go home with. Um, okay. One, pray for them. Two, love them. Three, give them time. Four, try to understand them. Five, don't be a technophobe, but embrace technology. And don't say, oh, we don't need it. We didn't need it in my day. We, you know, I struggle with it, but I have to do it. Uh, and, and I think probably most of all, just be prepared to be persistent, to press on. You will go through times which you don't understand and are difficult. Uh, I did with my kids, you know, where you think, oh, boy, if that guy doesn't change soon, I'll part his brain for him you know oh for so frustration that you you see it but you you love them because jesus christ first loved us and in the way that he loved us please lord let me love my kids whatever they do whatever they get up to whatever they try and um, bring the world into the family please let me go on loving them and being with them and being part of their lives for as long as I exist on this planet and bring Jesus as far as I can into their lives so that they can understand a little bit more of the Jesus that has sustained me through a lot of years. That's brilliant. That's a great place to end. Beautiful. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, do get in touch with us on the email, everydaydadding at gmail.com. Or check out the website for more resources, everydaydadding.com. And until next time, goodbye. 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 Goodbye.